This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. I'm so excited today, as usual, when I do interviews, that I'm bringing on a very special guest that I connected with through Eden. And her name is Lexi. She's a 5-2 reflector, and she's also a guide and healer and the founder of New Earth Medicine. And today we're going to be talking about the Akashic Records. We're going to talk about human design. We're going to talk about her journey. And I'm just really excited because we had a healing session with with her last week with our team and Eden and it was so powerful and I was really excited actually when I discovered Lexi because months ago I was manifesting a reflector with an open throat to have a conversation with and then she literally popped up in the most divine way possible and I got so excited because this is such a rare opportunity so Lexi welcome to the podcast channel I'm so happy to have you here I'm so excited. Thank you so much for this invitation. It was literally manifested and divine how we came here together with the open throats. And I guess it's very rare that you actually meet someone who's totally like empty there, like open. (laughs) Like, um, yeah. And I'm a reflector 5-2, as you uh, mentioned, and my uh, crown, throat, and spleen is totally uh, open. So I'm I'm basically like a super reflector. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I, I love so much that your spleen is also completely open because that is literally like the physical awareness, like intuitive center. And that's so much of the work that you do. Like, it's so divine. Yes. Also, uh, sometimes brings difficulties if you're unaligned. But once you understand your design and you live in alignment with it, I guess it's a blessing. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I would love if you know I I shared with you before we hit record. I really love capturing people's stories. Like I feel like this is you know this platform is like such a place for me to really amplify the voices of others. And so I would love if you can share just how you got into the work that you do. And then of course, share how you got into human design. And then later, I'm definitely going to want to dive into like what it was like for you when you discovered you were a reflector, because obviously this is such a like pivotal moment in life. So I would love for you to just to dive in wherever you feel called to. Okay, so I have a very long story. So um, yeah, I I grew up <laughs> thinking I am a generator. <laughs> I was working uh, thinking I'm a generator. And uh, I think it was just like five years ago when I actually found out that I'm uh, a reflector. And uh, I got in tune with human design. But before I was a very out of alignment person, like probably even for a generator. <laughs> Thinking when I'm a generator, I'm very much out of um, alignment uh, during this time. So I was having like a lot of issues like um, sleeping disorder, um, other 
complicated <laughs> things that makes the life very hard in a, in a way. And for a decade, I was in the tattoo industry. So for those who know, it's also a very tough schedule, a very tough life uh, for, yeah, basically, I was born being uh, self-employed in a way. <laughs> so I didn't have a, a, like a university degree or anything. So I basically just finished school and I went into the tattooing. And um, well, basically I became sort of, so can I be, well, I don't know why I'm on like on an open throat thing and I'm asking if I can be like <laughs> very straight. So yeah, it was like diagnosis as burnout, um, some sort of um, depression, um, chronic diseases as uh, like bronchitis. Um, uh, I was having migraine every second day or like two times a week with like uh, nauseous and like very very strong affects uh, like my body was very ill in a way and obviously my body was trying to tell me that something is like going nuts here and I'm not living the way I'm supposed to and yeah, basically my body, my body was telling me like, you are getting sick, you're gonna fall, drop dead if you're not gonna change something. And then a journey started of me leaving the big town. I was living in Berlin. I went again on a vacation. I went for first time to Portugal and later I moved to Barcelona and I moved to Bali. And in Bali, I spent some time, some months living and working as well, but bringing my life into balance and like having like this less stressful life. And this is where for the first time I found out that I'm a reflector. I'm a reflector 5-2. And I was like, what the heck is that? <laughs> Who wants to be a reflector? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I didn't like that. Especially I didn't like it. Uh, and until today, I still deal with this five-line thing. You know, like being like in this, like this center of projections in a way, um, I have to deal sometimes with it. But uh, yeah, it was like an unpleasant <laughs> experience in the beginning. So, and then I kind of forgot about it uh, until uh, the pandemic started and I couldn't tattoo anymore. So all these years I was already in the healing work because my own journey the, the healing work the energy healing and shamans were the only thing that actually really helped me through this like very like to get the root and not just to treat the system uh symptom i'm sorry so yeah when the pandemic started uh i was kind of bored let's say like this i was like okay i cannot tattoo what should i do so let's let's skip the tattoo part and just do with sacred part so because my brand was called Tattooing is Sacred and was mixing like this beautiful sacred ornament, sacred meaning, it was healing through tattoos. And I was like, okay, let's just skip the, the tattoo. Let's focus on the healing part and it's re uh, needed right now. And I literally did it from surprise. Like, okay, in a sense, like just try it out. I'm bored, what else should I do? 
was not my intention to make any money. I started working on donation and just went out. And a couple of months later, I connected myself actually really with this Akasha field. Like literally like, what is it? And uh, yeah, I started exploring this for myself and actually re recognized that me as a reflector, uh, we are very open to this. So to me, when someone told me, ah, oh, this is the Akasha, I was like, oh, this is how it's called. I'm, I'm with the Akasha all my life. <laughs> it's like breathing. So yeah, what was your question again? <laughs> No, that was amazing. I, I really love to hear like your transition through that and then discovering you a reflector. And it's funny because I've always, this has been like a common theme with people when they discover human design, they're like, oh, that's cool. And then they kind of fall out of it. And then it sort of comes back to them and then they go, they dive in deeper. Right. But I would love for you to chat more about like just continuing on the story with the Akashic and how you got it or, and how this just naturally resonated with you. Like you said that it just felt like like breathing and I love it too when I connect with with spiritual people and all of a sudden there's something that's presented to them and they're like oh like I've been doing this but now that gives it like a tangible name like I can explain it now because there's you know this is a thing you know and I put this in air quotes right but I would love for you to share more about like what happened as you continue to get deeper into the Akasha and like what happened to you and just how you grew your business from that because I know that you have some incredible certification opportunities as well that we're definitely going to be diving into okay so before the pandemic I started actually my certifications with my with my healer and mentor with who I'm already working since a decade so I have two beautiful ladies with who I work like for since 10 years basically um and well, because to me, in my experience, I was so annoyed. I was literally like losing everything when every time when I had something, when I felt something, I felt stuck and I knew it's not from this timeline. It's somewhere from, I don't know how many reincarnations. So if you want to work with Akasha, you have to be familiar with the concept of reincarnations. Otherwise, it doesn't work. <laughs> so... Yeah, and every time when I felt something like spirits next to me or like ancestors and I couldn't help myself and I was like, you know, like codependent on my healers. I needed always to call them, to ask them, like, I'm here stuck, can you please help me? And it was literally like, I don't know for how many years I was telling them like, can you teach me? Can you teach me? So, and then it's, appeared and I was in the middle of my um oh, I was no I was about to finish the, the shamanic practice um the light work um I don't even know what the, what the name exactly was <laughs> um so yeah this was the first step and later I tuned in into the Akashic Chronicles and basically from out of nowhere I channeled a whole new experience so like in the beginning I was having this lady before I booked like a course and it was like you know like the ads appeared and like oh learn to to uh, explore your Akashic records and 
I got this free masterclass and then I, uh, I got the course and I was like, wow, so a lot of this stuff deeply resonates with me. But a lot of this is like, okay, no way. <laughs> it's, it's not my truth. It's not my truth. It's maybe someone else's, but it's not my truth. And I decided not to do a certification. So basically from one day to the other, I, I was like, no, I don't need that. <laughs> I'm going to do my own. <laughs> and this is when Eden came in. So Eden found me. Literally, she found me. I never promoted, but I'm a reflector. I never put it out. And I guess some of my friends or followers or I don't know, were following her and they, they just mentioned me, but I'm a reflector. And she contacted me. Like, hey, I'm doing this. Can I use your chart? Da, 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 da. And I said, like, yes, of course. Uh, I'm searching practice clients for my Akasha Soul um, trial. <laughs> I don't know. So this is how uh, I got to know Eden. And from there, I started offering Akasha Soul readings. And then <laughs> a lot of people were asking, like, oh, do you teach it? So I created the Akasha Soul certification, like the Akasha Soul academy uh, which is a training certification and activation and yeah this is like a whole experience from alpha to omega to access the akashic records to to enter them to navigate them to clear them and what is so special about this uh, because a lot of akashic record readers or facilitators um certifications only focus on the akasha on the earth so they only work with the crystalline grid uh, or like with the akashic memory uh, of the earth but akasha soul is teaching us the whole cosmos and multiple life cycles of the universe so if we work with this timeline thing it's basically we are exploring multiple big big banks so all these memories of your soul, where she was traveling around. Sorry, the soul for me is a she. So if I say she, we talk about the soul. <laughs> um, so in Akasha Soul, we explore these aspects of interstellar karma, in like yeah, downloading the light codes, the star seed wisdom, the star qualities, connecting with the um, yeah. Uh, like the Andromeda, uh, Lyra, this whole uh, cycle of the universe. And um, we also work with the seven sacred seals. So this is where the gene keys are coming in place because everyone is connected to the Akash. To me, it's like if someone tells me like, I never got in touch with my Akash. It's like, oh, you never liked oxygen. <laughs> you, never, <laughs> <laughs> you never had a, a touch of breath of life <laughs> so because akash is every everywhere it's the ether it's the this fifth element which binds and contains everything and um i see it in a way where the akash gave us tools as astrology to communicate with akash at least on this 3d level or in this current incarnation from astrology, uh, astrology, we have human design, we have the gene keys, which is like other tools, tarot, 
um, all these oracle cards is basically tools in my in my perspective. So again, just tune in if it resonates with you or not. In my perspective, these are all tools given to us by the Akash to access it for ourselves. And then it's up to us how deep we desire to go. So do we want to keep on working with astrology and tarot? Do we want to dive deeper from human design to gene keys? And from the gene keys, we can dive deep into the Akasha ocean. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I feel like it is what you just said, literally like the ocean, like it is the ocean. And then we have all these tools, like these different portals of accessing it, right? Whether it's through the Oracle decks, tarot, meditation, breath work, like it's all coming into this, this pool. But I love that you just really brought everything together. You know, like I feel like sometimes when people talk about spirituality or using tools, whether it is human design, gene keys, or whatever practices someone decides to do, it's like, oh, this is the thing. This is the thing. But it's like, okay, that thing is connected to something. Where is it going? Right? Yes. Thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> yes. To me, uh, well, we have the quantum field, like the scientists would speak about the quantum field, but the quantum field is the Akash. So, and and when I just tune in and all this wisdoms, like, you know, uh, the tarot, which is super ancient, the I Ching, the, the human design, it's, it's so much wisdom. And when I watch into the ocean, I see so many waves. Like, you know, this is the quantum ocean. And each one, each one of them symbolizes one specific tool symbolizes one specific wisdom. And there's on this 3D level, there's no ultimate truth. So we cannot, well, a lot of people do say this way. <laughs> I might not agree. So to me, it's like, okay, there's so many beautiful waves, but I would never say like, this is the one wave. Like this is just human design. This is just Reiki. This is the only thing ever. And we just deny our perspective to all these waves around us. Yes. Oh, that's such a beautiful way that you put that. And I love it too. I feel like I have a completely open Ajna and your Ajna is undefined. So it's like really easy to be like, well, there's all the truths. Look at all of these perspectives simultaneously, because that's literally what we do. Having that space not defined. This is so amazing. It's beautiful. <laughs> yes. Can you share more about what happened with, like you were sharing how, you know, you were living your life as a generator and, you know, you were just becoming physically ill. Like this wasn't, this obviously was not how you were meant to live. And so when you discovered that you were a reflector, what was the deconditioning that you, that you had to do in order to be in alignment with your design? I feel like this is such an important question for like people who are reflectors listening to this right now. Oh my God. It's like, I did so much healing work before I actually found out that I'm a reflector. So the deconditioning process, I guess, started already there. Um, well, for people who have a totally open spleen, I feel that they absorb a lot of anxiety and stress and like really like 
this anxious feeling uh, from other people. So my life is a reflector of all these things and until today, but now I use it for my business because I'm like a huge amplifier. So I feel everything like a metal detector, <laughs> like 10 times more in my aura. But before I didn't knew it, I didn't knew, I thought it's all mine. I thought that I feel anxiety. So imagine me standing there in Berlin, just trying to get a, um, a bus. So I was standing there and waiting and I felt all these emotions and it was literally like these emotions are screaming at me. Like I could feel what other people think or even like getting it projected inside my brain. I was like, oh my God, what's happening here? And I literally needed to leave the city just to be able to sleep. So if any of the reflectors out there who resonate with this, please start with the conditioning process now. <laughs> start with peace, go um, in a cave, in a, on an ocean walk, I don't know, just get some peace and be alone for your with your own energy and like really like start this okay is it mine is it not mine how do i actually feel every day what is my energy and it's so important and so beautiful just to be in your own energy and especially because i'm a five two so with two line when i found out that i need a lot of space for myself and i'm not a loner <laughs> but it was also like ah i'm a two line i don't need to go out <laughs> so yeah oh it's, it's really interesting because it was so intense and so much was happening and so much was going on for me um and what i just learned and i can tell this to every empathic high empathic person but what you have there is a gift and this gift requires a lot of discipline so do not avoid the people because you are scared of what you feel or it might be like intense what you feel. What you have there is a powerful gift which requires a lot of work, discipline, integration, clearing to get to know, okay, what is yours, what is not yours and not being responsible for what other people think or feel. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, okay, it was such a tough journey for me as an unaligned reflector. <laughs> so I did a lot of healing work. I disconnected uh, from my family for a while. I went on wild trips. Like I moved to, to Barcelona and then I moved to Bali and then I moved back to Portugal. Um, like I was traveling a lot. And yeah, basically I deepened, deepened my spiritual practice and to me it feels like i was a full weight you know like when you when you have a glass of water and i was carrying a lot of stuff which was not mine so i was just like unpacking everything like you know like i'm just cleaning myself no it's not mine thank you i release it i let it go i cleanse thank you i forgive you and, da -da 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 -da. and i was closing all these energy leaks but i did a lot of work not just in this timeline um but like on multiple timelines. So a lot of past life healing, a lot of ancestral healing. So because we are so subtle in a way that our filters 
do not allow us to see farther. We are just like focused on this human experience right now, which is beautiful. But sometimes we want to achieve a certain thing and we've been blocked. So for example, when we want to step up as healers, we want to step up out as coaches and be visible. And uh, this is what we want, but suddenly it doesn't work out. So why it doesn't work out? What is blocking me from this? It might be all contracts. It might be ancestors who, who are scared of you being seen as a woman, being wealthy as a woman, being powerful as a woman, because it means danger and so on. So this is all this deconditioning process in, in my point of view. So just like to, to put it, to break it down on human design and how we do decondition on based on human design. Um, well, just like analyze your family pattern and again, go in your own energy, stay there, like rest. <laughs> so give yourself a human design coach or jinky coach to explore it. Like get help, like really like don't be shy to ask for help or hire a coach who supports you in understanding your design and understanding how you work and the condition. I really love what you said, just being a reflector, like not having to be responsible for everyone or to fix things and whatnot, because I think this is a really common thing where as a reflector, because you amplify, it's like, okay, well, I feel this thing. I see what's wrong. I'm just going to go and like make it better. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then it's like, you're just taking on the full responsibility when really you're designed to be a cosmic mirror and show people what's an integrity or not. Right. It's like a collective movement. Like, okay, I'm a mirror, but now you see all of your shit and now all of you have to deal with all of your shit. Cause I've done my job of holding up the mirror. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's such a blunt way to say it, but I really noticed like when I have mentioned this to reflectors like it's not your responsibility to run around and, and fix the things that you see are out of integrity they're like oh like they just feel like a weight's been lifted off their shoulders because it's it's like when something feels or looks so obvious to someone it's like well I'm just going to go and do it but it it's not your responsibility it might actually be just enabling the situation and then you're just going to continue to see it and they're going to continue to do nothing and it's not actually going to change anything yes I was in my childhood with my friends like with my uh, like like I remember this one person like I used to work with her and she always said like no one likes to hear the truth and you say it way too often oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> so I was like okay that's lovely <laughs> And then I was like, of course, I understand why there's just 1% of the human population who is reflectors, because who likes to be in a mirror cabinet? Who likes to be all the time confronted with their bullshit stories, you know? Like, so it has a reason, but uh, I really think that as a reflector who honors their boundaries, you can make it like a gift, you can make it a business <laughs> and uh, find an environment who values your wisdom and who values your transparency and like your connection and who actually really asks for it. If they do not ask, 
Don't say anything. Especially when you're fifth line, I think, right? Hey. <laughs> Don't save everyone. Yes. Oh my gosh. The fifth line, like someone's listening and they don't know the five, two profile. Like the fifth line is this mentor, this person who is like naturally magnetic to people who want solutions. And then you're the person who just has them, like you're able to help people. Right. So then obviously if you're projecting this, like I know all the answers, but people aren't ready for help. Like it's just what you're wasting your energy, especially as a reflector. And then that two line is like this natural accumulation of wisdom, which obviously you've done through your own journey. And then the two line. So I'm a six, two. So that two line of like, I need to be alone <laughs> I need to hermit is very real so I can like totally resonate with that yes I love my when my hermit kicks in I'm like now now I have excuse for all my cancellations you know like I'm not going to that party <laughs> oh, oh my gosh oh, yeah. yes so I would love to chat a little bit more about ancestral healing I feel mm -hmm. like this is something that is I don't, I don't want to discredit by saying that it's becoming trendy, but I think that it is becoming a lot more desirable and more popular and more common in the coaching and healing industry around like doing, you know, there's like work on yourself. And then it's like, well, your ancestors like to clear the trauma and the things that have happened in the past. And I'm just curious if you can talk more about what this means for somebody who could be listening right now and may not know you know, what it is and they want to learn more and how they can, you know, tap into this if this is something that they feel called to. Actually, for the people who are a little bit more into science, it has been already scientifically proven that we carry the traumas and limitations from our ancestors, I think, until the 14th generation. So they already did a couple of experiments from especially in the Second World War, when um, especially in Holland, then there was like um, the cut of food. So the people were literally starving and their generations afterwards, they had um, like eating disorders or like diabetes. So because they had like this pattern that there might not be enough food or like that they're gonna starve. So they had this like very subconscious belief with food or like that, yeah, something um, gonna affect their survival. And they, they made this analysis and they actually connected it to this, uh, I think it was the, called the Dutch winter or something, but I'm not gonna <laughs> give any guarantee on this information. So please do your research. So, and in the shamanism, when we work with the ancestors, and I'm, I, I'm actually super grateful for this trend <laughs> because hopefully a lot of uh, people will wake up and really become aware how they are layered, how we are intertwined, all, all of us, like with timelines, past lives, the ancestors, everything. So in the shamanic tradition, we work with the seven generations back and seven generations forward. So you basically carry the most dense information from your ancestors, like seven generations back. So if you just take like money, money trauma or like being a woman in uh, entrepreneur, um, like in the business, and we're gonna go back, for example, how is your mother with money or how is your mother with working? 
And when we have a look at her grandmother, so what happened there? Because we have like the ancestral trauma, we have the, you know, like the your childhood, like when we work with the Venus sequence, we have this uh, timeline of, I think from seven to 21 years, right? Yeah. And uh, when we have the, the trauma, when you were basically inside the womb, what happened before uh, the conception and as well, like, like the first three generations are the most dense. And when we go back to the seventh, so shamanically we say with the seventh, after the seventh generation, it's being transformed for most of the heavy stuff. So, but the seven we still carry, but everything what we heal in, in the now will be also, um, yeah, have a positive effect on our future lines. So for example, in Akasha's soul, we are working also with the star lineage. Because as I see it, like we are traveling, like for example, like as I know your story, you are right now in US, but your family is uh, coming also from Portugal. And then some of them might come, I don't know, like from somewhere else. And this is how we've been traveling through the lines. And when we work with Akasha Soul, we are actually accessing our star lineage. So before we came here on Earth, we were maybe on the Pleiades. And before the Pleiades were in their golden civilization, there was like, okay, we're Mintakian. And from Mintaka, we went to, um, to Lyra, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like an ancestral line being carried on. And there's also a lot of information, but not just the heavy shit. There's also beautiful stuff. There's powerful stuff waiting for you because we're not just getting trauma. Uh, we are also get, getting the gifts and the talents from our ancestors. And this is why I think it's so important to release it because once we release our ancestors, we release also the earth. The earth is getting um, more healthier, like lighter and we are also healing the karma, not just with our ancestors and with us, but also with our people, because we are all together. We are one consciousness, actually. Yes, I really love how you, I was just like listening to you and just imagining, like visually seeing, like going back into lineages, right? And it's like, I think when I look at where I am, so I'm actually, I'm in Canada. I'm close to the US, but I'm in Canada. Yeah, that's okay. And my like just to actually, I'll share a little bit about this because you kind of mentioned it. And I think it's really powerful because this is something that I've had to deal with. And I don't think some people might be aware of this or not aware of this. Like if they are someone who is a woman or somebody who is non-binary or somebody who is marginalized as an example, where it's like my lineage to what I know is like my family comes from Portugal and my grandmother immigrated to Canada and she had my mom and my aunt and uncle and my grandmother she went to school until grade four and then she went and worked on the farms and then my grandfather worked literally until the day that he passed away and then you know we come to Canada and I was like the first woman to go to university and get a degree so a lot of the deconditioning and the things that I've had to process like unconsciously is like who am I to be a wealthy woman? Like, who am I to be an entrepreneur? Who am I to, you know, like, I'm just looking at these things that I'm 
looking to create and that I am creating, but then there's all of this experience behind me that it's like, well, it's not, it's literally not in my bloodstream to happen. So I feel the resistance and I can feel that when I go and I do the inner work and I'm dealing with the self-living beliefs, like this is very like conscious level and unconscious. But then when I look at the, the lineage, it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm changing the path you know, like I'm, I'm literally generating more abundance to project into the future. Like you talked about, like how you go seven years ahead and seven years behind, right. When it comes to healing. So it's like literally changing genetically, like what is believed like in ourselves. And so I just wanted to give an example of like what it can look like when you look at your past, it's like, oh yeah, you know, you can look at your mom and your dad, but then you can look at, you know, your grandparents and like where they come from and like you know, like we're talking, like there's still so many properties in Portugal that they harvest from. And it's like a lot of farm work, right? And that's, that's not the life that my, myself and my sisters are living now. It's very different, right? It's shifting. So I just wanted to kind of give a little story to like give context of what it means when you do this ancestral healing, because like, I can tell you right now, if I had a conversation with my Volvo around what it means to have like a six figure, seven figure business and working online, like she, her mind would be blown because that's just not something that was available for her back then or even now. Right. So it's just, it's really interesting when we look at the life paths that we're experiencing. Sorry for us, but I mentioned to you a that's oh, okay to, to Canada. I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> like I'm in North America. Church. I'm on the same <laughs> continent. It's fine. I know it was an honest, it was an honest, it was an honest mistake. It's all good. It's all good. At least I remember, but you're from Portugal. <laughs> I know, right? At least we're like, oh yes, the US and Germany. I'd be like, no, Lexi. No. <laughs> that's not, that's not it. <laughs> Almost, but not quite. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's yeah, perfect. So so yeah when i was healing my money story i had to do a lot of ancestral work like very intense because well when i was born and i grew up it was like women in general didn't have much of a chance during this time because i was born in kazakhstan and later we immigrated to russia back and when i was 10 we moved to, to germany but the resources during this time they were very limited and when I just tune in how it was for my mother, how it was for my um, grandparents, it was very hard. So my one of my very first money traumas was, even if you have it, it cannot buy you anything because we literally didn't have any food in the supermarkets because there was like this massive inflation coming in. And it's like my sense of um, money trauma was like, for what do I need it? Because it cannot buy me safety cannot buy and was just not available so and I just recently connected with daughter and was like oh my goodness like what happened <laughs> so yeah it's impressive and um some of our ancestors they have been very wealthy and some of them maybe not and then there's like some yeah, situations just happening where they lose all their impact, they lose all their welfare, or it is taken away from them. So this is also a very hard imprint on our like Akashic memory and our Akashic DNA. So even stuff from our ancestors or past lives. So imagine, imagine you were a priestess, 
sorry, I'm usually, I'm, I mostly work with women, so I'm like very into this uh, feminine, but I'm totally open for every, <laughs> everyone. So um, I'm just like in my flow speaking. So when you were a priestess in a past life and you gave an, a vow of chastity and basically giving up all your material belongings, because this was the way to serve the gods in the past. But this imprint still remains in our Akashic memory, in our Akashic DNA. So it's subconscious still running and does not allow you um, to step in your highest potential because there is one vow, there's this contract, there's this uh, prohibition in, in your Akashic memory being triggered by certain events. I love the power of accessing memories. Like I, I'm really starting to notice this too in the industry around embracing, tapping into our trauma from a place of feeling safe and secure so that we can process it, right? I think that a lot of generations up until now, it's been like, how can you run away from it? Oh, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to make more money. I'm going to have a family. I'm going to do all of these things so that I'm distracted from what it is that I'm actually motivated by, which is like, I never want to experience that trauma again, which is definitely valid a hundred percent. But in terms of being energetically sustainable to just run away, I love that this is giving a space of what was the energetic imprinting that we received from the ancestral line? Like what can we learn from it? It, it did at some point serve us you know, like it's, it's, it's really interesting how we think, oh, trauma is bad or these, these imprints are bad, but it's in some way, shape or form, it did serve us. Like, just like your example that you gave is like, oh, well, even if I have money, like I can't go to the store because there's nothing to buy. So it's like, you don't spend the money, but then you have it there. And it is in a way a safety net. But if you take that behavior and those beliefs into this current times, it's not the same situation. It's not going to serve you now. So I find that that's like so powerful when we look at like what we've experienced, the imprinting that we have did at some point serve us, even though it may have caused a lot of hurt and, and, you know, deep healing. It's, there's always such a gift in that. Like it's literally, you know, we talk about the frequencies of the gene keys in human design, like the shadow, the gift is in the shadow. Right. And then we go into the highest expression of the city. Like it's literally the same thing. Yes, it is. <laughs> so only through awareness, we can experience the gift. And yes, these um, memories do serve us or like the safety net, uh, they serve us because we, we literally made them ourselves in order to protect us. But what changed is this timeline. And we want now to step in our highest timeline. And uh, sometimes we can just have a little chat with our ancestors and tell them, I understand that you are scared seeing a woman or a man or uh, non by um, sorry, I'm, I'm getting confused sometimes. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Non-gender, trans, or who, whoever you desire to be. Um, and I actually think this is another very interesting topic because a lot of young people, old people are going through this uh, gender topic and so much ancestral things are coming up like even like oh, how do you, how do you express yourself how do you inform your family 
how do you inform the, the environment? I, I'm, okay, I just lost the topic because I'm just tuned in into oh, this no, that's one. Fine. And I see like, oh my goodness, that's like <laughs> so impressive. It's like, uh, so, so we can do an hour podcast episode about that. <laughs> no, I, I love uh, I love what you just said though, because actually even just to kind of, now I'm like caught into that new hook that you just tossed about like looking at, gender roles and you know families and beliefs in that like that is going to open up so much more because it's like you know for example like I've had conversations with my vovo where she really had an issue with like same-sex marriage like how are they supposed to have babies and like she's very like European traditional and I was like okay like I had to have this conversation with her about how things can be different why they can be different like it's not you know she's very religious right so it's like it's not just about a man and a woman like these are the different ways but you can see how there would be trauma that we have to process now because it's like my grandmother for example is projecting this onto me and it just continues to get projected forward so I could see how there's going to be so much release from doing like ancestral work on how to like release these beliefs in these timelines when it comes to like shifting identity and gender and sex and money and so on so I just wanted to capitalize on that because I think that that might be another tool you know for people and I love how you're getting so excited <laughs> just like smiling getting- so hard you're you're telling this and I'm getting like uh goosebumps all over my body because like two years ago I was speaking with my husband about like mm, because I never positioned myself that I only work with women well now I do (laughs) but um I in the beginning was not my intention so and I was like uh speaking with my husband like oh should I should I offer it out to men or da, 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 da. And he was like, you cannot put a gender on healing. And he's totally right. And I totally agree with him. And I was like, yes, you're right. Thank you for this information. Um, but what happened? It's like that just women felt drawn to my work. So I I never like really chose to, to be for fempreneurs or like to supporting women. They just came there. <laughs> So now when we are like building Year of Medicine, it actually uh, gives a bigger foundation and to serve more people. Like, um, and well, but back to the topic. So on the energetic level, the soul does not have a gender. Like we have, each one of us has, and here I'm not speaking about gender. It's just like the pose, feminine and masculine energies. So this is like on an energetic level, how the whole universe basically works. So when we just speak soul to soul, there is no gender. And through this multiple life cycles, we incarnated as uh, a woman, as a man, as a twin flame, as uh, like we, we went through the whole experience and shape shift as well. So maybe we were bisexual, maybe we were... so. On, on our Akashic memory, this, and on the metaphysical level, there is no gender. Like there's no, no sex in a way, like it's just soul. It's just soul and energy. And this is what it makes us so beautiful. And here we are in this reincarnation and being like trapped in our duality and <laughs> this whole, okay, conversation about, uh, can I marry? Can I not? Can I adopt children? Can I not? Like, 
can I marry uh, a woman as a woman and so on. And uh, like being confronted also with our families with that. And I remember how my family reacted to these kind of topics and was like, Ooh, a tough conversation. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I think that's so beautiful what you said is that healing doesn't have a gender, you know, and that it's true. Like at the end of the day, we like we do connect physically one with one another, but we also connect like energetically, you know, like it's not just about what you're seeing on the outside. Like it really is like energetically, what are you connected to? And I love with human design, when you literally look at the body graphs, you don't know the gender. You're like, oh, this is the energetic circuitry that you have. And then you do a connection chart and it's like, oh, energetically, this is the chemistry that you have. It has nothing to do with what genitals you have or how you identify. It's literally just energy. So I love that, you know, this is going to be something that's really going to help with these common struggles that, that people have to face and that we're like processing and like improving and being more open about in the 3D realm. Oh my God, that's so, so incredible and so juicy. And I really like, whoo, I'm so thankful. Like, I'm so grateful for this episode because I really, like my intention is like to to make more or more people aware of this energetics and to let go of judgment. Yes, oh my gosh, so good. Before, before we kind of wrap things up, I would love if you can share more about like new earth medicine because this is like just, the ever encompassing and I want you to chat more about this and I'm going to include all the information in the show notes as well to the listeners so that they can check this out maybe sign up for the certification you know all the things whatever you feel called to all the juicy things all the beauty so New York Medicine is an institute for um, spiritual healing arts and right now we have two main pillars which is Akasha Soul and Golden Healer. So Akasha Soul is a certification training and activation, which is 20 weeks. Like it's an intense experience. And when I describe it like with a jinky, so Akasha Soul is everything about diving deep into the shadow, like exploring, it's like the entry point to your deepest being. So it's, it's kind of like after we got in tune with the jinkies, and we really have this tool, like, okay, how do we really transform this shadow frequency and bring into the gift or even into the city? Uh, we can use the tools from Akasha Soul. With Akasha, we work really with the sacred seals, which are like the, the seven main jinkies. Like, I bring it up as an example. Um, so through the seven sacred seals, we activate the ultimate soul signatures, like the soul, soul gifts. So bit by bit. Um, and here it is again why I teach it, because I really think it's the most sustainable way for all of us to actually learn how to do it ourselves. So we are more independent from other people. Uh, obviously, we will always feel drawn to and that's beautiful to ask for help who helps us but first we need to be able to help ourselves and through the new York medicines it's like the goal to provide the most pristine profound and powerful teachings um, in a protected area with support so everyone goes through this initiation by themselves as well as in, uh, in support and sister brotherhood and um, 
yeah so this is like a cache soul <laughs> which is like super beautiful and when we have a golden healer which is shorter and uh, i describe the golden healer as the ultimate corpus christi awakening so it's about the merkaba and luminous body activation so here we go actually into the city level the healing so. oh my gosh so good so definitely keep i will have this link in the show notes so you can keep yourself informed about when you open these containers for enrollment and you can check that out to the listeners and before so i always ask this to every one of my people that i interview what is what is a piece of wisdom that comes to you now that you want to share with the audience before we wrap up our conversation today what always comes is that there's no ultimate truth. So everyone has their own truth and that's beautiful. And this is something also what I teach in uh, Akasha Soul. So everyone has their own perspective and their own truth, how they perceive this reality. And through this truth, we will enter into the cosmic truth, into the divine truth into the divine omniscience in a way so no matter if you agree or disagree this is the journey this is your journey to explore your truth which will lead you to the cosmic truth I love this and I feel like that's such a reflector thing of you to say <laughs> I was like smiling so hard and she was saying this I'm like it's so true here you are the cosmic mirror it's all here it's all here. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so grateful. Yes. Oh my gosh. You're so welcome. And can you share with our listeners where they can connect with you online, like Instagram, or I'm not sure if you have a podcast, but if you do, just let them know and I'll have everything in the show notes. I'm working on a podcast as well. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to come soon. But right now it's Instagram and my homepage. Um, that's perfect so i'll put those in the show notes for our listeners and i want to thank you again for having the conversation with me i think it was so beautiful i feel so good right now it's obviously being in your energy so you're adorable <laughs> you. i'm so happy oh so good so i want to thank all the listeners today for tuning in please make sure you check out the information in the show notes and give lexi a follow and i will chat with you in the next episode <laughs>